Hello and welcome to the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. I'm your host, Quincy Wheeler. You can find us on Twitter at GuardianFanCast. You can email me at Quincy at GuardiansFanCast.com. And I hope you're having a great holiday weekend as we've started that from Thanksgiving to now. It's Black Friday, so I wanted to talk to you about some potential deals that the Cleveland Guardians could get on the trade market. You've heard me talk about possible trades they could make, looking at players, focusing on players that are a little bit more of big-ticket items, so to speak. Players are people, not commodities. But just in terms of the trade market, Cedric Mullins, Brian Reynolds, Jesse Winker, even Ian Happ, Mitch Hanniger, all these guys are going to cost quite a bit in return of prospects. So I thought for Black Friday, considering it's a day that all Americans go out and get deals, we might take a look at who might be out there that the Guardians might look at a little bit less of a cost to acquire with some upside to provide some help for the team in the time being. So first on my list is Chad Pender, who's an outfielder for the Oakland A's. He also plays some second base. Pender is a right-handed hitter who's had pretty even splits for his career. So he hits lefties and righties about as well as the other. He is average defensively, 29 years old, and he'd be on his last year of arbitration. Uh, So that's in case you're not familiar with arbitration. uh, That's where you get money. You get your salary dependent on how you performed and the year of service time you've had in the majors. So his last year is 2022, so he's a rental player. He's projected for 105 WRC+, plus, so that's just about a little above average as a run producer. But the floor is high. It seems like he's pretty safe to say he's going to get that for you. Slightly above average major leaguer in just about every way. He should be available because Oakland's supposedly rebuilding. He's been a little bit better in left field than right field, but seems like he can handle either corner looking at his stats. He's the kind of guy who can turn a C-minus position to a B-minus, but he's not the kind of guy who's going to transform your lineup, but the kind of guy you can say, all right, that that spot's safe. It's not going to really hurt us. Uh, We've talked a little bit about Taylor Ward, who's a third baseman outfitter for the Los Angeles Angels, right-handed hitter. Looks like he can probably play passable defense in left field. He's still pre-arb, pre-arbitration. He's projected for a a WRC plus of 108, and he had a split of 105 against Left-handed pitching and 82 against right-handed pitching. Just the kind of guy who can probably be playable on a full-time basis. question for me is whether he's an improvement over Mercado, who seems to be at least a solid platoon option against left-handed pitching. If the Guardians think that War can play full-time, he should be a fairly low-cost addition, but I think the Angels would want a major league-ready pitcher of some kind. So I'm not sure if there's a match there or not. Sure seems like the Angels have a a kind of logjam in the outfield, and there might be a match there if they're interested and if the Guardians are willing to move a pitcher. Now, this is a name that, the third is a name that I've come across this past week that I hadn't really thought about, and that's Josh Bell, who's primarily a first baseman that played some outfield for the Washington Nationals this past year. 29 years old, left-handed hitter, and he'd be a rental, so only under control for 2022. He'll be below average defensively. Um, I don't know how below average. He looked okay in limited time in left field last year. That hasn't been the case in the past. 
I think if the Guardians can put a decent defender in right, and then Straw, who's a great defender in center, that Bell could be passable in left field. He could also spell at first base a little bit and let Framil Reyes get some time in left field. So I think that could work. He's projected for 120 WRC plus in the coming year, and his splits are not bad because he's got a 99 WRC plus in his career against left-handed pitching. And he's probably him and one other hitter on this list that I have are the only two that really you could say, oh, put these guys in the middle of your lineup and they'll be a plus. So I like the idea of looking at Bell as a rental for the year. Um, Nationals are trying to rebuild, so it seems like they'd be a good match for prospects to say, hey, here's a decent prospect. Can we have Josh Bell? If you think he can handle in left field. Uh, fourth is Lars Newtbar, an outfielder for St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals are always producing outfielders, and they traded us Mercado, and they probably knew what they were doing. Now, I put Newtbar on this list because his name is insane. I just love his name. I would totally buy a Newtbar jersey if the Guardians were to acquire him. He's 24 years old. He made his debut in 2021 and had a really great start. Uh, kind of trailed off a little bit, but... Uh, he projects for 104 WRC plus in 2022. His splits were 126 against uh, right-handers and 99 against uh, left-handers, so that's not bad in 2021. Um, I think the Cardinals are looking to be active in free agencies, so it seems like they could probably afford to trade an outfielder, but I think, again, they'd probably want a major league ready pitcher in return. And considering that Newt Barr is pre-arb, He's the kind of guy, and only 24 years old, he's the kind of guy who's going to cost you a little bit. But if you believe in that bat, and there certainly looks like there's pop in that bat, um, he's somebody who can help you now. Uh, so I hope that that's the kind of player that the Guardians are interested in. It's similar to what they did with Miles Straw, acquiring somebody who's kind of an average to slightly above average player who's got a skill that kind of works in and, and provides some consistent value. In Straw's case, it's defense and speed and contact. In Newt Barr's case, it would likely be power, although he's all right defensively as well. Uh, Alex Dickerson, he's fifth on the list, outfielder for the San Francisco Giants. The Giants just designated him for assignments, so he could be traded for by any team at this point they could be working on. He's 31 years old. He only be contr under control for a couple more years if you could get him. Um, you'd be hoping that Straw could help cover for him because he's a poor defender, a uh, pretty terrible defender. Um, his splits are pretty even. He's projected for 107 WRC plus as a left-handed hitter. So they should be willing to deal him right now. And again, it's similar to Chad Pender. It's like taking a position that's below average and making it average to slightly above average. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're checking in on that. Um, it's just the defense, again, that kind of worries you there because he may really be a guy who should be a DH, and the bat probably doesn't really profile as a DH. So this is the kind of guy that the Guardians might bring in as a minor league contract spring training invite fella. So Garrett Cooper is our sixth on the list. He's a first baseman slash outfielder for the Miami Marlins. He's 31 years old, entering his final two years of arbitration. He's recovering right now from a partially torn UCL. So that's the reason he's on this list, because otherwise he wouldn't be a possibly reduced rate guy you could get on a deal. He projects for 115 WRC plus 
but just came off a season where he put up 134 WRC plus. So that's a really great year. Part of that was because his walk rate last year was 12%, which was a 5% bump from any previous year. But his strikeout rate was 27%, which is pretty high. He's not a good defender, but looks like he'd probably be best in left. So again, if you have straw and a decent defender in right, Garrett Cooper would be great. And again, he's a guy who could bat in the middle of your lineup and feel pretty good about what he could provide. The Marlins look like they're trying to add to the team, but they are probably always interested in trading guys who are in their last couple years of arbitration. I think they'd want someone who can help now. So you'd be dealing them a significant prospect. Um, they look like they could use some position player help. Uh, so you may say, hey, we know what we have in Cooper, so maybe we deal them Quan, just throwing out a name. Um, that's the kind of deal that could maybe happen, then add somebody else a little further down the line. If the Marlins like Quan, it's hard to say who, who likes what. But you also have to be confident that Cooper's UCL, UCL is recovering well and that it's, it's going to be to the shape where he could play in the outfield. Question marks. Manuel Margot, he's seventh on the list, outfielder from Tampa Bay. He's entering his last season of arbitration, so he would be a rental. He's projected for 107 WRC+. He's a short side of the platoon guy, so he mainly uh, is just a guy who kind of hits left-handed pitching well. He doesn't really hit right-handed pitching very well, but he's a solid defender. He had a huge jump in his strikeout rate last year, up to 37%. So that kind of looks like maybe the Rays tried something with him that didn't really work at the plate. So if you go back to what he was before, it might improve a little bit. We know that the Rays and the Guardians love to make trades together. So would there possibly be a lower-level guy, a prospect the Rays might be interested in to move on from Margot? But I think the bigger question would be, is Margot really an upgrade over what Mercado offers? Again, Oscar Mercado hits left-handed pitching well. And he hit left-handed pitching very well last year. So if you're getting a guy who's just going to hit left-handed pitching, is that really a big upgrade over what you have? I don't think so, so I don't really think they'll pursue Manuel Margot. So last player, special bonus player that I want to mention, Ramon Laureano, who is an outfielder for the Oakland A's. Now, Loriano is suspended for 20 games to start off 2022 for PEDs. He says it was one of those accidental things, which is always the excuse, but I guess we'll give players the benefit of the doubt. He's entering his first year of arbitration, so you'll have him for three more years. Um, and I wonder, though, if he'll be at a reduced rate because there's always the risk that he could get popped again for PEDs, and then you'd have him suspended for a whole year. You'd be acquiring him knowing that you're going to miss him for like the first month of gains in 2022. And again, the A's look like they're trying to re do a rebuild. The reason that he might not be affordable is that he can play center. And so there's going to be a center field charge of some kind, and the Guardians don't need a center fielder on straw, so they're probably not going to pay that extra cost. He's also a guy, though, who has an amazing arm, so he'd be a great right fielder, and teams may evaluate him and say, hey, he probably is a right fielder long-term. He's projected for 111 WRC+, and he's got great splits over his career. He's the kind of guy that you could see doing a little bit better than that and being the kind of guy who bats in the top three of the order. Um, if the A's are really going to strip their team down to the studs, this is a guy who should be available. It's going to cost. I mean, the Guardians are going to have to give up some prospects to get a player like this. But for me, as I look at this, if the Guardians could manage to pull off to get 
Josh Bell and Ramon Lariano, Josh Bell and Garrett Cooper, which would be a rough defensive alignment, but hey, I'm willing to try at this point to get some pop in the lineup. Uh, Garrett Cooper and Ramon Laureano, I'd be pretty excited about that uh, possibility of having those players in the outfield and in the middle of the order. I do wonder if we'll see some kind of move for a player like Lars Newtbar, a guy who is a little bit younger, has shown a little bit in the majors that the Guardians say, we project this guy's going to be a decent hitter, a guy that we can count on, maybe a guy with a high floor but not a very high ceiling, and move some prospects for him. I expect a deal like this to take place. The question is whether it's going to take place in the next week before the lockout begins after December 1st, or if it's going to take place in late January or February. But it's going to happen eventually. I'm confident of that. So even as you see other teams making moves and you don't see the Guardians making moves, I wouldn't panic. It's going to be fine. Um, I'm recording this podcast a little bit early, so who knows? They may have already made a move. Um, And if so, I'll try to offer you some analysis about that as soon as I can. But, you know, a lot of the moves that are being made right now aren't ones that really bother me. I saw the White Sox signed Kendall Graveman as a reliever. And, of course, it's great to shore up your bullpen. But, man, I don't love spending a lot of money on relievers. I hated the White Sox trade where they traded Nick Madrigal for uh, Craig Kimbrell, who fell apart last year. Relief pitcher value is so volatile, it's difficult to imagine spending a lot of resources trying to acquire it. So I kind of prefer the way that the Guardians handle relief pitching, where they kind of look to find somebody on a minor league deal, on a cheaper deal, where they try to take um, somebody who is being overlooked in their system and use them that way. We've got a lot of interesting arms. I do hope the Guardians acquire a relief pitcher, at least one, in a trade this offseason or as a free agent. But I was, I'm fine with the moves that are taking place so far. And I'm confident the Guardians are going to figure something out to shore up this lineup. I just don't think it's going to be somebody that will make us say, wow, I can't believe they got, they landed Matt Olson or Brian Reynolds or Cedric Mullins or somebody like that that looks like just a masher in the middle of the lineup. I think it'll be somebody more like these Black Friday deal players that we discussed. So happy shopping, everyone, and hope you have a great time with your family this weekend. And also, go Buckeyes, beat that team up north.